0: Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. It's good to be back with you talking about everything and anything Star Wars. If this is the first time you are listening, welcome. My name is Alex uh, and I'm one of the hosts of the Jedi Council Podcast. It's good to be back. If this is a returning listen... Thank you for your friendship, fellowship, you know, listening to us over and over again to kind of allow us to continue talking about everything and anything Star Wars. And today, in particular, i have got a bit of a a smaller audience than normal with the team. But with me to my virtual left, but 200 miles-ish north of me in the UK, is my good buddy and brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello. And to my virtual right and some 5, 6, 7, 8,000 miles away. I'm not entirely sure. Actually, uh, I'm gonna have to Google that because I'm gonna probably say this every week. Is yes. <laughs> the red eye, the red eye Jedi himself, Justin? Say hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome. And today we are going to be focusing on what can only be described as a pretty epic episode of The Mandalorian. Um, we are looking at chapter 14 called the tragedy, um, and what an episode, guys. Um, um, before we get into it. What were your thoughts when you saw the title, The Tragedy? Dave, what what was your initial thought of what are we going to, what would you, you know, what's the tragedy going to be, for example?
1: It's 5.4 thousand miles. There
0: you go. Uh, 5.4 thousand. Oh, there we go. I have to remember that. That's going (laughs) to the memory bank. Thank you.
1: Anyway, um, tragedy. I, I, I didn't know what it meant, but. I really didn't know what it meant it's as simple as that I I had no idea I just thought oh this this could be a a moving episode I I think that was it really
0: time for you Justin what did you think
2: for me I I I, you know I wasn't 100% sure number one I thought maybe you know they would get to Typhon and that you know, maybe they would uncover what happened there. You know what I mean? Some way through the force, have some sort of, like, force vision and, you know, see what led to... Because, you know, I mean, when you get there, and this is a spoiler because we're getting a little further ahead, but when you get there, it's just kind of a rock formation and and kind of... There's no settlement around or anything like that. So, um, you know, but initially, I thought maybe it was something like that. My wife, immediately, when she saw the title, she looked at me and she, like, literally did, like, a 90-degree head turn and was like... They better not hurt that child, because <laughs> she was immediately like, she's like, they can't kill the child, can they? And I was like, well, they wouldn't really have a show if they did. So I think you're a little safe there, but that's... obviously at the end she was like, you lied. I was like, well, they didn't kill him.
0: <laughs> See, that's the thing for me. Like when I saw the tragedy, I thought, it can't. They can't kill. Grogu not just yet the Mandalorian can't be killed because you know to it's, your the point Justin, it's the Mandalorian <laughs> and with, it's about it's about Grogu it's about baby Yoda you know so it can't be that so like part of me is thinking what on earth is going to happen that is causing this this tragedy um and I know you know this might be jumping ahead just a little tiny bit but for me the tragedy was obviously what happened to the Razor Crest mm. I it's think funny to
2: say that my friend said the same thing when I talked to her. She was like, "She goes, how tragic was it that he lost his ship?" And I was like, "Oh, that was the tragedy for you.
0: <laughs> and for me, it was, yeah. I mean, and I, again, I know we're guys, you know, lif- listeners. We are going into spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen chapter fourteen,
1: it's I'm a bit blown. late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Late.
0: his ship gets blown up. Whoops. Um, no, so go ahead, press pause, go and watch the episode, and then come back. Uh, but yeah, you know, for me, that I thought that was the tragedy was that, and then obviously. And we'll get to it in a, in a little while about, about what happens to Gregory as well. But for me, that was that was a tragedy. But yeah, I was like, what are they going to do to us to make us feel that there is a tragic incident in this particular episode? And I don't know, it kind of felt quite tragic at some points in this particular episode, as well as bloody exciting. Mm.
1: No, for me, I, that that is what I see as a tragedy. Because it is his home, it's his car, it's his it caravan, it's... <laughs> mobile home
0: <laughs> it, it really is and you know it would be it's funny like when, when we talk about the razor quest a lot of fans have really started to put it in high regard as as a, as a, as a character per se the way the millennium Falcon's yes. kind of seen amongst the fan base right yeah. um and could you imagine if they blew up the millennium falcon like i know I, I, i'm quite cautious to compare the two because the falcon is this you know legendary vehicle in the Star Wars universe but the way the Razor Quest has kind of been adopted by the fan base it was uh, it's a huge thing for them to just blow it up right especially knowing you know Dave I'm going to turn to you for this one man because we know you have been interested in the HasLab special edition thing that's got to be a kick up right
1: yeah um three hundred and fifty. 250 kickers that's what that is what? <laughs> and that, that's on top of the lego
0: one i have it's it's, it's funny because you know on we were, we were yesterday was days so the day after the episode dropped was day five of the lego advent calendar star wars that justin you and i have both got and yeah. as soon as i opened it and i saw the razor quest uh quest crest um and left it dismantled I had to put that picture on on Twitter so for those of you guys that follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, it was my fault I put that picture <laughs> on there because I just thought it was highly appropriate seeing it in a pile of rubble mm.
1: <laughs>
0: and, and Dave have you started to build it yet?
1: the, the, the full one?
0: yes yeah, yeah. one, yeah, one yeah. so so Dave, Dave is, is, has kind of built the, the, the larger version of it in Lego. You might as well just throw it on the floor, mate, and just let it crash and break into 100 pieces. and <laughs> it than what it is yeah. Now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, That's looks pretty, good. It's pretty big. It
2: is, it is a nice
1: nice piece, actually. There you yeah. go. You've
0: got the baby. Oh, oh, very cool. So for those of you listening on the podcast, um, we actually have our videos on, us, so we can kind of see each other to chat slightly better. Uh, and Dave is holding his
1: Lego Razor Crest to show us what it looks like. Um, that looks pretty cool. It's it is a nice piece actually. One you get. Sorry, this really is quite bad for people who can't see. But there you go. So you get a couple.
0: Oh, is that the Carbonite? The
1: Carbonite block.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, so you really get a couple cool. of these prisoners. There's another Bound- one. There.
2: Yes. Not pretty, yeah.
0: Nice. yeah bounty's asset. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dave, we might have to get you to do a video review
1: of your yeah, ship
0: really cool, for our listeners, because that looks really?
1: great. It is, It's a nice piece, and, and it's a nice solid piece as well, despite all the sides and whatever you're opening, because everywhere opens on it. All the side pieces, these bedrooms in there and what have you. but it's still quite a, a firm piece. And if you you can hold it by the engine, you can hold oh, wow, it by so the that's back. Sturdy, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes you, you get them and it's like a little bit, I don't pick it up by that because it'll all fall to pieces on me or I'll crush it.
0: <laughs> so, while Dave goes and puts that back on his collection, uh, let's, nope. let's kind
2: of jump into... One the thing contest. I wanted to go back on, though, but, like, okay, while I didn't initially think of that as the tragedy, like, rewatching it the second time and having other people tell me that and, and watching it with that eye, I think, I think you guys are right. I think that is the tragedy.
0: Hmm. It's funny. Some of the things that I've seen online is that when it was called the tragedy, a lot of people have kind of put two and two together and thought, oh, of, of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the wise, you know. <laughs> that. I was like, oh, come on, they're not going to drop that in the Mandalorian. But anyway, um, back to the episode. So, yes, um, when the episode starts, they they make it to Tython, which if you for the for the benefit of our listeners or, or if you haven't listened to it, um, Ali and I went into some really random, crazy theories that we had in our last show uh, one of them that I said, I, I, I actually didn't think they were going to make it to, to Tython, May, mainly because we know Gideon's out there. He's in his Star Destroyer or, or Light Cruiser as it is. Um, I really didn't think they were going to make it. And, you know, Dave, as I was watching it, I messaged you. I was a bit like, yeah. yep, I was wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, what are you going to do? Um, so they, they make it to Tython um, and effectively see the, to your point, they're, they're Justin, you know, there's this structure on top of the mountain. Uh, with some plinths um, and a stone in the middle, it, d- it didn't look anything fancy. It looked quite basic, mm-hmm. and and I think that yeah, uh,
2: and yeah, like, right before that, I got a really cute little scene of uh, Mando and the child kind of interacting after being with uh, you know Ahsoka there, and um, I thought that was a really nice scene, and like.
0: Yeah. When he calls him Grogu, it, doesn't he? Yeah, it kind of gets into real
2: Nice and cute. Referring to his lady. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he referred to the fact that the uh, Grogu's abilities are beyond his capability of doing anything with. He needs a specialist.
0: Yeah, that's it. And it's quite interesting how. He makes him use the force again to, to kind of take the the little nozzle knob thing on top Nob of his on the stick. Yeah, yeah, and and again, just taking a step back to the the, the razor quest uh, thing, you know, that's, that's the that's the only thing that he finds as a yes. as a memento of his of his ship. Um,
2: and the Beskar spear.
0: And the Beskar spear. Yeah. So I mean, that that's a whole other question, which we're going to get to in a,
1: in a little. while. <laughs> uh, does that mean that the knob is made out of Beskar?
0: Or cockroaches, because we all know cockroaches can, you
1: know, they can survive nuclear
0: attacks. So, you know, it's either made the best guy or cockroach. Who knows? Um, Which begs the question: Can a lightsaber cut through a cockroach? Mmm. I genuinely think that's the weirdest question I've ever asked on this show.
2: Yeah, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, this is why you come here for these type of inquiries. The, this,
0: this type of Star Wars insight where we ask the key important questions of the storyline. Can a lightsaber kill a cockroach?
1: I think that's possibly the strangest divergence we've had from from a podcast now.
0: You know, I'm <laughs> half tempted to stick that out on a poll. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. That's just utterly ridiculous. But anyway, um, so, yeah, we know. To your point there, Justin, yeah, there's that interaction, isn't there, before they get to Tython, which is really cool. Um, and then when we get to, to Tython, yeah, it's very, you know, it doesn't look fancy. It's quite basic. Mm. And I I found it. This is one of the first things that I had a little bit of a, a tiny, tiny issue with with this. And as they were approaching Tython, Mandalorian says there's nowhere to, to kind of put the ship. We're gonna to have to do the rest with the windows down.
2: <laughs>
0: now, I'm I'm all up for comedy. I think that, you know Star Wars has its place and there's certain humor that kind of works. But as soon as he said that, I just cringed because I thought that's that's way too real world, or am I the only one thinking about that?
2: Uh, that, that didn't bother me
1: too much. It didn't it bother much. me too much. It, uh, it, it was followed up though but when you saw him with the jetpack on that grogu's ears were almost like a dog sticking his head, head out the window he's like his ears were going like that uh, and,
2: <laughs> and he and gives like a little like excited like gleeful tone was as they're as they're you know jetpacking over there i have a question what sort of propulsion system does their jetpack have and does it take fuel
0: i would imagine so I mean when when we see it being used and how it's used it, it just looks like a a general rocket, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it has exhaust, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, a bit. Yeah.
0: Because there's, yeah, oh, there's yeah. always exhaust coming out the back of it as he's flying, using it.
2: I mean, you've kind when... of got to figure it le- it's probably a non, like, flammable. Like, it's probably not very... It must. They must have figured out some science Star Wars way to make it not burn his entire backside and legs <laughs> off. So, yes. I've yeah. wondered that, though.
0: Uh, and, and it never you know, catches his cape on fire, either. Exactly.
1: So so thrust without heat.
0: That's so a bit like a car, like a combustion engine, then uh
2: less so difficult to go around on the yeah, road yeah, yeah, that's it would, it would it, more yeah. be like almost like if they were able to use sound or i don't know something like that air i think of like thrusters that are maybe air compression maybe they figured out how to hyper compress air and it just draws it in out of the atmosphere
1: oh i figured it space out. that type of thruster system works in space Compressed
2: yeah. air out of a nozzle. wouldn't Have you seen pressure. the jetpacks, the, the, the in real life jetpacks that people have been making, though? Yes. Uh, those have some sort of propulsion system. I wonder if it's similar. But they are heat-based, aren't they? I haven't looked. I know they have the the water-based ones that you can do over a lake, and it yes. kind of runs a tube into the water, and they use water yeah. to propel it. But then I know that there's been newer ones of people making like ones that are independent and yeah. you have free movement.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's that guy with the, the, the one that he almost like has in his arms, and it's two yeah. not yeah. his arm,
2: yeah,
0: almost yeah, like yeah, Iron, Man. Very Iron Man.
1: Yeah, or Dark Trooper, as
0: the case may be. Yeah.
2: Well, anyway, yeah. I, I I thought that was interesting because I've noticed them use his rocket, and I've never seen him refill it, and they never really commented on it. That's true.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but then again, when you see him use their their, their blasters and, and pistols. They have to have cartridges. You never see him reload his... The only one that we have seen reload is the big, long um, disintegrator yes.
1: rifle. Um, Umband rifle, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah, because it's a one-shot weapon.
0: That's it. It's a one-and-done, isn't it? So, whereas with a blaster, it's slightly more of a cartridge or magazine-esque type thing, I'd imagine.
1: Okay, well... We, 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 to jump on a little bit, we do see... um Boba Fett's. I won't. Say, I I say. I won't give away too much. But we do see Boba Fett's rocket pack in action, and we see the missile fired out at the top of that. Now we saw that same missile fired previously when the armor was used on Tatooine. Fans,
0: wasn't
1: yes. it? Yeah, yeah. So who put a new missile in it?
0: Well, maybe when 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 Mando took the armor off of Cobb Vanth. He had a spare. He just decided to stick it in.
2: <laughs> um what I was curious was is and I don't know if they if and I didn't I don't remember seeing this in there, but how close was the Slave One to the Mando ship? Obviously he had to jetpack too. So it seems like at one point he got the armor. It could, he could have very well stopped at Slave One, picked up rearmaments, right? Possibly. I do have yeah. lots of comments about about the Boba Fett armor scene because i feel like it was pretty cool to see a lot like should i yes let's okay let's go tell you what yeah so we saw boba fett in all his glory he used every single like the crazy knee rockets yeah like everything like it was so fun
1: it was good it was and didn't he fit the armor much better than (laughs) covants so
0: i i have a theory about this right so let's if if we think about um, Jango Fett is the, uh, the, the DNA prototype for clones, right? Yes. We then see Rex in Rebels who is a little bit bigger than mm. the average trooper and when he wears his armor it looked very similar to the way Boba Fett had it on as if to say Boba Fett was a little bit bigger than obviously he was back in Empire which was yeah. f- five years ago. Is that right? returning of the Jedi when he died. That was five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. So yeah. he's clearly put on a bit of weight um, while he was in the Sarlacc pit. Um, probably. <laughs> um, but it, the way that the it's armor all fitted him, in the desert—that's th- it's, it's eating all the crate dragon. clearly <laughs> I mean, we saw the size of the meat we had in the first episode, right? <laughs> so let, let's think about it logically. The way that they've got Rex p- p- like kind of pictured in Rebels with the armor being a little bit snug—it's yeah. pretty much exactly the same. To your point, Justin, it looks—it does look much better. Maybe he should lose the uh, the Tatooine um, Tuscan Raider robes underneath, but nevertheless, maybe we will get a jumpsuit at some
1: point. I don't know. I'd quite like
2: that. And I also think there was a bit of a time crunch. He was trying to uh, just put the armor on and get to work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah, let's can't be picky about
2: wardrobe changes in this in team. <laughs> right. so I'll just go
1: get my jumpsuit
2: as well. I just, these, <laughs> yeah. these robes just don't match. I'll be right back. That's me being really
0: picky, clearly. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Justin, you're, you're absolutely spot on seeing, seeing Boba Fett was it was payoff for me. Um, yeah. The way just just his character in, in particular throughout this whole episode was was great. Um, from the introduction, you know, Dave, you and I exchanged a few messages on WhatsApp because we didn't want to spoil it for the rest of the group. Like, you know, you, you commented on his line as the same as Django's. I'm just an honest yes. man trying to wait. trying I'm to a, wait see, to I'm a
1: sing, simple mum trying to make his way in the galaxy.
0: But then did you notice he linked in the, 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 the Luke Skywalker bit at the end, like my father before me? Yes. So it was a lovely juxtaposition between Django Fett and Luke Skywalker. Now, he didn't know Luke Skywalker, but we all know that anyway. But nevertheless, having Boba Fett appear um, as and kind of in all of his glory, I thought that was fantastic. And like, for listeners, you know, uh, Dave Dave is sitting here in a Boba Fett hoodie. You know, Justin is sitting here in a Boba Fett t-shirt. I'm not in the team, down. I'm only wearing a standard t-shirt that's got Stormtroopers
1: on. <laughs>
0: but and and the thing is is like we are huge boba fett fans as a collective i think for the most part and seeing him dare i say i'll bleep this out kicking up was 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 fantastic you know justin go into a little bit more about how you felt again just seeing him do his thing
2: i mean there's not a lot of dialogue in this episode there's a lot of action and the dialogue that is had i mean it's especially revealing right like not only do we you know get finally have the two you know com- confronting and he's saying i've come for my armor and he's like you're gonna have to peel it off my dead body and he's like no i want my armor he's like i don't want your armor and like not only that we find out that his father got it from the mandalorians he was a, a you know foundling. a foundling so it's very 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 interesting now to see that pay off over the long run now I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are probably like, you know, Boba Fett should stay dead. Like, they don't kill anybody. They're always just bringing people back for the sake of it. But as a longtime EU reader, like, Boba Fett always survived for me. So it's not as huge a shock to me to see him back. It's really good to see because, one, like, a lot like what we said on um, the review we did for the first episode where – we kind of seen him from the back and we were wondering how he looked a little older than maybe he should have. But like in this, you get some really close up views of his face and you can kind of see like scarring on his head and things yeah. like that from the Sarlacc and stuff. So it's not just him in his armor at this point. Now they've kind of laid bare the man and kind of we're able to see him. And I mean, we saw Boba Fett in the, 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 in the movies, but obviously he's very young in those. And if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, you really didn't get the, the to see him grow up you know like we did in the animated series so it's really cool to see especially to have and i know i'm going to say his his name wrong but it's it's tamura morrison am i right mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i heard his voice man like my hair stood up on my arm like his voice forever to me will be that of Stormtroopers and boba fett like mm-hmm. but yeah i mean and then you know we he absolutely brutalized some stormtroopers in one of the best melee combat scenes I've seen in a while. Now, there's one or two spots where I was like, mm, "They might have just shot you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You it's, I've
0: got, I've got, I've got an issue about the troopers and their shooting in this episode in particular, but we'll get to that in a minute.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you have such an overwhelming force that they had, you would have thought they'd have been a little more. <laughs> Does it make sounds and make make uh, lines?
1: Sorry,
2: so <laughs> I'm trying to make you talk. <laughs> for those of us that, for those that can't see, Dave also has a Boba Fett helmet that uh, says some lines. It's pretty cool. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. It's when you said to me,
1: that you heard his voice. I thought, right? Can I make the helmet do that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but Dave, what do you think?
1: I, I'm like you. In that, it, it, I, I've got a, a strange, mixed feeling about it. To be fair, I think it's fantastic that he's back um, because, um, as with you, Alex, he, he's always been a favourite of mine, um, and it's great to see him more about him rather than just what what, what, what fairly underwhelming when we saw him in the movies. Let's face it. So it was good to actually see him be the Boba Fett that we all imagined he was. The same as when we saw Rogue One, we saw Vader become the Vader that we all imagined he was, if that makes sense. So you you have these, these big, bad characters like Vader and like Boba Fett. And their screen presence in the original trilogy never did them justice to the reputation that they had. So, I I thought it was fantastic to see him laying waste to his enemies, literally laying waste to his enemies, with everything that he could grasp, um, from a a gaffy stick to his full-on suit of armour. So, it it was fantastic to see that, but on the flip of that, nobody in Star Wars ever really dies. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean, let's let's. I mean, we can start counting them. I mean, we can say Darth Maul is the the the, the first yeah. bone of contention for one, of a better word, because t- similar to you know the two of you guys, and for for a lot of our listeners, not all of them have done, but nevertheless, if you're familiar with the EU, you know that Darth Maul comes back almost pretty similar to the way it's done in Clone Wars. To be fair. Yeah. Um, we know that Boba Fett comes back now that ha- that hasn't been detailed and explained as to how yet mm-hmm. I hope that will be the primary story in the in the spinoff or we get to find that out at some point um, but you know characters aren't always as always dead but and I think if you're familiar with the EU and dare I say other comic books like Marvel and DC ca- characters that have died and come back to life again is it happens not necessarily every week, but it happens fairly regular. You know, Superman's been dead before and then he came back. I mean, if you're a fan of Justice League, you would have seen Superman die mm-hmm. at the end of Batman versus Superman and then brought back to life in, in the Justice League movie. A spoiler if you've not seen them, by the way. Um, but nevertheless, it's, it's something that happens on a regular basis. So it's funny today I had a I had a conversation with um, just a, a friend of mine about um, characters kind of re- returning from the dead and, and, and whatnot and talk, we were talking about Ahsoka for the most part and arguably she's returned from the dead as well when you think about it yes. um, she was resurrected brought back from time and while he wasn't a fan of Rebels he always knew who who she was so he was familiar with her from the Rebels side of things but never actually saw uh, Clone Wars or anything like that so I said how did you feel about seeing Ahsoka did that kind of joy or experience and he said to me it was a little bit confusing to start off with but then when you start to hear more about her and in her relationship with Grogu um, then it became clear that she's quite important to the to the wider universe, and then he actually kind of researched who she was in a bit more details, which is pretty cool. And I think having these little bits of exposure to certain characters really does grow the universe. And bringing Boba Boba Fett back to life for me is is to your point, Justin. He's always been alive because he was alive in the EU. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's that that we that was reinforced uh, in this well in the first episode, arguably it was reinforced to a certain extent when we saw, um, not Krennic, what's her name?
1: chronic
0: F- um, Krennic. Wrong character, wrong Wrong part of the uh, Star Wars universe, <laughs> yes. but um, when we saw the return of Fennec, again, another spoiler, so she's not dead. <laughs> you know, the way we thought it was and, and at the end of that particular episode we all saw a character that had the boots that looked very familiar and now we know that that was actually Boba Fett, which again is a really cool way to tie many different strands of this particular story together Um,
1: that's one thing i do like to be honest the fact that within the tv show we are having ties back to previous episodes i think every, every episode so far that we're seeing either ties forwards into something else or immediately ties backwards into something that we've already seen and i do like that i do like that it makes it feel more more like it's an overall story rather than disparate episodes, because I know things things like when we saw um, in season one, we saw the the jailbreak one where they broke onto the prison mm. ship to, to spring the guy. Now the the robot that was played by David, oh, the British comedian. Can't remember his name, but the the, the robot that um, was killed on the ship,
2: oh, or destroyed yeah. on the
1: ship, it, he appeared in the passenger episode of this season.
0: Yeah, that's right. And yeah,
1: the, 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 the guy from used. the
0: yeah the guy from the IT. Um, yes. Yeah. IT crowd. IT crowd. And, that's
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just like the, the fact that they're, they're tying episodes together, so that's quite nice. Um, and it, it, like I said, it makes it feel like it's more of a of a continuous story rather than individual episodes that don't really have any bearing upon other episodes. And um, further
2: to that is at the very end of this episode when he goes to see Cara Dune yes. and he looks bring the guy, you know, who was played by uh, Bill Burr yes. uh, last season, you know. So they are doing that. And I think what I think much to your point, I think the nice thing about it is, is that it feels like there's a plan. So yes it's almost like you can kind of enjoy it because you know that you can feel and sense there's a plan and it doesn't it's not going to go off the rails you're not waiting for it to just fall apart you can no, kind of no. sit back and relax and enjoy the ride
1: yes um, but am i might i'll be devil's advocate here because i know ali can't be on this episode and i know ali had a few issues with this episode, and. I would actually agree with him to with some of the even though for me I love this episode from start to finish, it had the, it had the pace it had the interest, um, for me as an episode it was a good episode. That said, there were problems in this episode. One of them being Boba Bob Fett actually actually appearing in this episode to some extent, um, because one thing that we'd all discussed previously was when they bring in these cameos of ahsoka and boba fett and and what have you the worry is that they then take away from it being the mandalorian tv show and and instead it just becomes a who's who of the star wars universe now i quite liked at the end of the 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 first episode of this season and tatooine where we just had the glimpse of boba fett so we knew that boba fett had survived for me that was enough it, it, I, especially when they told us that there was going to be a spin-off TV show about the fair, we knew that we were going to see him anyway, so we didn't necessarily need to see him again this season um, not yeah. that I'm saying I didn't enjoy seeing him but did we need him and, and because he was such a dominant character he did sort of take over this episode, it became more about him, to be fair, than it did about Mandalorian
0: I think, yeah, and and for, you know, listeners, you would have heard us talk about this before, and we all agreed, even when we talked about, like, we did the the preview, effectively, of season two and how we're worried that, to your point, David, it becomes a Rebels live-action TV show, effectively, with all these characters, and this is when we thought there was going to be Sabine, and obviously we know there's going to be Ahsoka and whatnot. And how Ahsoka was used in the last episode at the moment, it seems like it's a one and done. You know, let's yeah. see if that actually comes to fruition at some point. But I'm nevertheless... With bo previously. With bo as well. You know, we know these are potentially one and done. But I think for me, the the, the Bobber thing, to your point, is right. And at the end of that episode, I said exactly the same thing as what you said, that if we don't see him again, I'm fine. Yeah. But <laughs> seeing him how it was, what happened and the way he did it, I'm delighted that we did and that's that's kind of the payoff to a certain extent and the other thing and and i was thinking about this as well kind of before we 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 kind of got together and to a certain extent i now understand why they they kind of had to bring him back because if they do a spin-off of the boba fett of if they do a boba fett tv show the question is are we going to get a boba fett tv show of how he was in his prime as a bounty hunter Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is it going to be after he escaped the sarlacc pit or is it going to be after Whatever happens at the end of Mandalorian, because yeah. if it's if it's the, the 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 third one in those options, you can't have a Boba Fett show without Boba Fett in the armor. That's true.
1: That's true. In
0: in my mind, now again I'm speculating, yeah. but if it's about what happens after he leaves the Sarlac pit up to the point in the Mandalorian, then we are going to have a Boba Fett TV show without with him not having the armor because we know that Cobb Vanth has got the armor. Yeah. But for me. To your point, Dave, again, is there's very much... It dominated it for this episode, but I think it needed it to. What I don't want to happen is in the next two episodes, is it continues to
1: be Boba Fett basically bossing everything. I think person- he will. That, that's my slight fear now. and I, I know that from the rumour mill before this season aired, there was comments about the fact that um, Pedro Pascal had had... Tantrums. Mm. I'll use the word tantrums because it was almost phrased that way. And he was unhappy with how the the latter part of the the season goes. And could it be because he's been overshadowed by Boba Fett?
0: Potentially, yeah. And, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? We've only got two more episodes left. Yeah. And they have to squeeze in a lot. In those two episodes, let's be honest. And I mean, unless we go back to like, I think was it the episode, the first episode of season two? It was like fifty minutes long. Wasn't yeah, it was. It? Yeah. And and it's something that you observed at the start of the show, Justin, off air between us, was that this episode was a lot shorter and it was like thirty five minutes, thirty five minutes ish. ish. Um, but they packed in a lot of action in a shorter episode, right?
2: That is. Well, yeah, and I think action in and of itself, when you have sustained action in a, in a movie it's very hard to to do it for a long period of time and make it continue to make sense, you know? So it does make sense that it's shorter, um, you know, than the other ones where they're much more dialogue-heavy. And, you know, much to your guys' point, like, I don't want it to become the Boba Fett show. They're obviously going to make a Boba Fett show, but we know he has no ship, so at least for the first part of the next episode he's got to be with bloba yeah. fett because well, well,
1: he also said that him and fennec uh, have, have almost effectively got a life debt to to protect the child turn for the armor right. they will protect the child the child is now no longer with the mandalorian so mm-hmm. they're tied to him until he can retrieve the child
2: yeah very true
1: so before we talk about what happened with the child and
0: why they need to, to save him, let's kind of just wrap up the conversation about Boba Fett just a tiny bit. Um, I found, to your earlier mention there, Justin, the scene where he basically just tears apart the Stormtroopers, both enthralling as a, as a viewer, but as somebody who loves really good action movies and fight sequences, I thought the guy was an absolute beast. Um Dave, in your kind of initial reaction video or that we put on it like we all did, you said it was one of the most brutal things you've seen in Star Wars. Yes. I mean, apart from Darth Vader in Rogue One, I'm trying to think of a scene that is this. I mean, you can think of Clone Wars and the Rebels where it's animated, but live action, I mean.
1: The Donnie Yen, when he was taking down Stormtroopers with his staff. Yeah, good. good yeah, yeah. Although you never saw the violence and you never saw bits of armour flying apart. Right.
2: Where the, yeah. I'm
1: like, I, that, that, that gaffy stick. Just, the,
0: there was, there was the this, this, this scene where he's dragging the gaffy stick along the floor. I think just to really emphasise how heavy like the head is. And then he just raises it and swings it and connects to one of the stormtroopers. And um,
1: I don't know where I've seen something like that before, but I feel like I've I'll, I'll tell you where it is it's the war clubs that are used in the South Pacific by Indi- in Papua New Guinea areas yeah, around there. Yeah. You, you see the big big war clubs used they're, they're made out of wood but it's almost like this hardwood which is mm. it, it lasts hundreds of years.
0: Yeah, I've, I've seen something like it in a movie, and I just thought, man, when he lets go of this, he's going to absolutely. And to connect into your point, Dave, there's the stormtrooper, and you kind of, if you look at his helmet, it's just in like a <laughs>
1: hundred <destroyed> pieces. <laughs> and but I, the guy I, that he pushed off the, the, the he, he smacked, and he was stood on top of the the rocks, and he bounces off the rocks as he came down. I honestly thought there's not a person in that armor because there's no way. <laughs> if
0: not, the stunt actor needs to get a hell of a lot more money. <laughs> Let's
1: be certain. That concerned. was a mannequin, surely.
0: Absolutely, and and you know, kind of just rounding off the the, the Boba Fett thing for me. Seeing Slave One. Now, yeah. this was an episode of many. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, and the introduction of Bobo is, of course, seeing Slave 1. And the moment you see Slave 1 is the moment you know it's him. Yeah. And I, my mouth just dropped. I, I genuinely think I've broken a tooth when my jaw just hit the floor. It was that mind-boggling for me to have seen it because I think in Clone Wars, there's, 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 there's like an episode where we don't... Well, obviously, we know Slave 1 exists and stuff because we saw it in, in Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi. But it then begs the question of, then what is it just left out in the in the june sea you know things like that and to see it again for me and have the same sound effects that we heard in empire was fan absolutely fantastic guys what was your reaction to first seeing slave one justin
2: um yeah like i didn't even need to see it as soon as i heard the engine note it was like a ferrari or like a mustang you know what i mean i instantly was like oh my god and my wife's like what i was like uh you don't know what that sound is like you know, the man's coming. <laughs> and then That's just to see it, it's very cool to see it cut across a, side, uh, um, a sky and then land. Because of how it flies versus how it lands, it's always very been a very interesting ship to me in that dynamic. Because you're essentially sitting facing straight up towards the sky when you're in the cockpit and about to take off. Yeah. so it was cool to see that you know and it was it's cool to watch it fly because as much as we saw it fly we only seen a little bit of it and in this we got to see him you know take off across the sky go up do some stuff you know it's cool to see it that they've actually taken it to that level dave save one
1: <laughs> I, I, it was good but i would say that what, what caught me more was the mandalorian's reaction to it because he didn't know what that ship was, yeah. And he brought Gro- Grogu to this mountain, put him on top of this this circular ball, almost like altar type thing. Seeing stone. Yes. Um, and and the idea was to summon Jedi, or someone to help him. And so when a ship appears in the sky, I just thought it was a bit of a strange reaction that the Mando's immediate response was, "Come on, kid, we need to get out of here." Not is this the Jedi that we're waiting for? That's interesting. I just
2: thought it was—it was a bit of a his immediate yeah. reaction. And was, he does ask him positive. immediately. He does ask him immediately when he when he confronts him and says, "Are you Jedi?" Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you here for the child? Yeah. Or the kid, as he calls him. Yeah. Yeah. But but his reaction on the mountain is not—it's not a positive reaction. So yeah. That's yeah a- it-
0: it's like a juxtaposition, isn't it? It's like the initial reaction of being quiet, defensive. Yeah. And then to your point, Justin, he then sees him and he's like, oh, well, you're a Jedi. It's like it, there's a, a bit of a switch in his mind yeah. that goes, oh, hold on a minute, maybe this is the Jedi. But the initial reaction, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't either. I think I was, like, maybe I got, I got carried away in my own reaction. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and, and for, for me, I mean, this was like some of the things that didn't really work in this episode. Because, how did Boba Fett find him?
0: Well, he did say to him, I've been tracking you since Tatooine. Now, he didn't say how, he,
2: he just had said, I have been.
0: Exactly. So, you but know,
1: he's got plenty of chances to approach him.
0: But if he's smart enough to drift in the, the, the rubbish of a Imperial Star Destroyer to track the Millennium Falcon, you think he, he's going to be quite imaginative in his ways, but. Maybe going to what was the name of the planet where we had Ahsoka? Uh, Corvus. Thank you. He maybe he tracked him there, but saw the terrain and the situation, so I thought maybe this isn't the right time. You never know. I mean, I'm making stuff up now, <laughs> yeah. but you know, <laughs> it, maybe he found that the place and the location of Tython and and everything that happened, it was quite sparse. It was a good opportunity to try and not take him out per se, but
2: approach. We him. also know. Uh... We also know he's not very fond of lightsaber wielding Jedi. True, but but he's been
1: five years on Tatooine. Why didn't he take his armor back from
2: Vance?
0: That's that's an interesting.
2: That's a great well. question too. Yeah, Is he, he lived like... literally in the neighborhood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously,
2: yeah. And I kind okay. of like thought about the first, you know, because like, wh- and also like, why didn't he take it back from the Mandalorian at the end of the first episode? And I. You know, I can kind of dismiss that with, oh, the Mandalorian was on a speeder bike and he didn't have anything close by. So maybe it was a distance and speed thing. But, yeah, there is some there is some plot hole inconsistencies there, I think. but I, I, Yeah, I think I think for me.
1: Even though I really enjoyed the episode, it was a couple of those little things like that 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 just irked me. And, and it was almost like plot contrivances that were just a little bit sloppy for me at times. So another another big one was when he has this face off with um, with Boba Fett initially and Boba Fett calms down the situation and says we'll we'll put up our weapons. Returns around to the Mando and says and take, take your jetpack off. Yeah. It's like don't put your guns away and <laughs> take your jetpack off. It's like Yeah. Oh, and, and, I had and, the and same then, that's a deliberate plot contrivance. So that he can't be there later on
0: that that was one thing that stood out for me because at the time obviously we didn't know what was going to happen with, yeah. with grogu and the dark troopers and whatnot and at the time when he's to take your jetpack off i just thought oh, he doesn't want him to fly off
1: yeah
0: but it's incredibly convenient then knowing where the story goes yes correct
1: yeah you know
0: and he doesn't uh, go
2: and pick it up that was the weirdest thing to yes. me because we've seen it in other things where he two took seconds it off. to put it on. A, yeah, he just takes it and puts it behind his back like a katana sword. Like. And then
1: he can fly straight to where the child is. So he, he loses no time in putting it on, yeah. as opposed to how long it takes him to scramble up a rock side.
0: So, saying that, let, let, let's let's put this in a real-world example. How many times have you been in a rush where you forget your mobile phone? <laughs> He's a trained
1: warrior. <sighs>
0: i work in it i should never forget my mobile phone but i do
2: <laughs> and,
0: and, and in the heat of the moment and the heat of battle as it was it's easy to think oh my god the kid turn around and run to him rather than think oh no i need to put my backpack on I, that and i me, can be there now <laughs>
2: Well, see, and I, I kind of have same sort of thing. So, like, when he, when he was first facing off against Boba Fett and he doesn't know who they are and he says, I've got, you know, I've got a, a gun on you. And he's like, oh, but it's it's not on you. It's on the child. I'm like, first of all, you couldn't penetrate it yourself. So, like, what makes yes. you think this bullet's going to penetrate it? But then I'm yes. like, well, I guess you don't want to hedge your bet and hope that it does block it. So, OK, I'll give you that pass. But the whole time I was thinking, good luck getting that blaster fire through there like yeah is that even gonna work
1: yeah no no i agree and and the the mandalorian also has he has the, the what was it the little bird rocket launcher on his arm yeah. yeah he could have taken out fennec with that without even having to look at it
2: well as soon as he did turn that on i mean basically yeah. boba fett was like okay okay let's diffuse this down yeah. right like that's immediately when he started going into into you know, being, negotiation. Uh, negotiation. Thank you. Aggressive
0: negotiations.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 an
0: interesting one because yeah, I think the the plot holes, issues is is something else that kind of uh, he not necessarily overlooked, but the one thing that got me as well, and we kind of had a brief conversation about this uh, offline, but when when it when the action kicks off. Uh, Mandalorian's kind of knocked out, you know, as he tried to rescue the, the, the child from the force. And you've got Fennec and Boba Fett going at it. The stormtroopers couldn't hit them with no. anything. They <laughs> were shooting at them. They had like the Gatling gun equivalent. The E-Web. The E-Web. The e- they
1: can't yeah. hit women. The
0: together. top of the ridge as she was and running. They got the,
2: mortar, the mortar trooper.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, oh, come on. And, you, uh, and I'm like, all right, this plays into the whole stereotype that stormtroopers can't hit anything. And I'm like, all right, fine. But then obviously, when the Mando gets involved, they ping him and get him so many times. But where they're getting him, Exactly where they can't get him, effectively, because he's wearing the, the car. <laughs> Mr. Bulletproof. Like, yeah, he's Mr. Bulletproof. But, so it's all right for him to get shot, but no one else.
1: And, and, and exactly every one just of them. It's like the, the moment that he's there with his armour, the Stormtrooper's become perfect shots. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, if they had even a couple of these perfect shots on on Fennec or even yeah. Boba, before he put the armour on... It's like, come on, let's let's get yeah. real.
2: Yeah. Well, and I like, when um, Fennec, um, when she was up on the ridge and she's shooting at him, I'm like, you're shooting at all these people and you're just watching this guy set up this E-Web. Like, you're not going to take... Like, I play a lot of Star Wars video games and the first thing you do is you take out the guys who can <laughs> hit you from fire with mortars and, and, and E-Webs. Because in Battlefront, those guys will take you out, man.
0: She's a blinding shot as well. Her accuracy is spot on. Oh,
2: spot on. She, she I did like her little jump the, off the cliff shot, though. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's then just... shot two more when she landed on the ground as well. <laughs> yeah. But, but it was,
1: again, I mean, I, I, which just felt a little bit silly, was the fact that they've set up the e-web, and then they're starting to shoot her, and it was bang, 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 bang. So what does she do? She doesn't jump behind the rocks. She decides to run across, yeah, the, across
0: the, the rocks top. as a yeah. silhouette.
2: Yeah. It's like you just track her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
0: question well, is, just is, move is the, the gun right? a little bit more to the right. Yeah.
2: One thing is, is though, is like you see with the e-web, because like they dislodge that boulder, right? And she that she is behind and then she basically essentially Indiana Jones is a bunch yes. of uh, yeah. Yeah. down an alleyway. Now you see him on the e-web. He tries to shoot it apart and he, he successfully gets it down a little bit in size, but it doesn't completely do it. So, you know, maybe where her position was, she knew that in a matter of 30 seconds, there's not going to be a boulder to hide behind. So maybe it was scramble and get to a more fortified position, yeah. okay. especially with the mortar guy, because it doesn't matter if the e web got you pinned down. Eventually, they're going to drop a mortar on your head.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I loved the whole Indiana Jones callback in that scene. Um, yeah. The, the boulder going down, taking out all the Stormtroopers. I thought that was a fantastic callback. And there's been a couple of Indiana Jones callbacks throughout the whole two seasons, and that was perfect.
2: And as violent as this episode was, I thought that they had some interspersed comedy through, you know, and I know, like you said, it was a bit cringy on the bit in the beginning, but you know, I mean, then, you know, right after that, as, as they're getting, you know, um, as, as Mando and, and Fennec are getting surrounded, and, and Fett comes in and just handles business again. As the you know the troops, I was watching again as the as the they're retreating back to the ship. Like the ship almost takes off without the, the last story. Jump. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> did you yeah. We have to like jump onto the ship as it's like like we're getting out of here, man. And then Wait. I mean, even after you know he shoots them down and it looks cool and like he's like I was aiming for the other one. Like even Boba <laughs> Fett made a joke. You know what I mean?
0: I, I, I love that joke. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. The way he kind of, you know, got his um, sight down on the, on the helmet, kind of teed it all up, bang, and off it went. Um, and then to make that joke to your point, I was like, okay, this 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 is when the humor is spot on in yes. Star Wars because that, that absolutely nailed it for me. Um, and that particular scene was was hilarious. And I, I don't know if you guys found this, and dare I say it, when the first uh, kind of ship landed and the troopers came out it reminded me of the
2: force awakens yes it gave me a very first order feel didn't it yeah yeah
0: you know in the force awakens we know the ship lands and all the first order troopers come flying out blasting everyone and i'm like this is a great precursor or foreshadowing to a certain extent of of the force awakens
1: well i've never seen one of those transports used by the empire before
0: maybe they're in
1: transition to the well, I was going to say, it's probably the precursor, isn't it, of, of yeah. what we then see, because quite a bit of what we saw the First Order using was almost like evolved versions of what the Empire used. But, but I, I, I've never seen that type of landing ship before by the, the Empire, because oh, wow. previously yeah. we've seen them use shuttle-style
2: Yeah, it's it. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that scene was really cool when they first land, because, you know, the gangway drops down, and it's all in shadow, and you're like oh my god because you're thinking the death troopers are just gonna run out of this and
1: I, I yeah i thought it might have been the dark troopers yeah or dark yeah. Troopers, not the death yeah. troopers. I, I, I honestly sorry. thought it was and, and then when the second one came down i thought oh no this will be the dark troopers yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: so while we're talking about the dark troopers let's let's quickly talk about them um just a little bit and now i I was surprised as the two of you just kind of said that I yeah, I thought they were going to come out of the first or the second ship. Mm. And obviously when they didn't, I thought, all right, maybe they're going to save, save them for the last two episodes. Yeah. Because we know that like, uh, if it's anything like season one, we know the last two episodes is where it kind of gets like proper interesting. Not the season two <laughs> hasn't been interesting at all, but it's when everything kind of comes to its climax of everything that's been happening. And then all of a sudden they just come out of the, um, light cruiser Mm. when i saw them and i kind of said this to you uh, on our our whatsapp group i thought they're a little bit too iron man like (laughs) for me now that's not a critique in a bad way it's just that oh we know it's john favreau he made iron man and i thought it actually does make sense in essence but i'm like it's too on the nose it's too iron man and for any of my friends that know me, I don't think I've actually said this on the show. I don't like Iron Man. I think I don't like Iron Man. I, d- I don't know why he's not. He, he, I don't understand why he's this hype that he is in the Marvel DCU, but that's for a whole different podcast. So for me to see, it, I was like, oh, come on. That's that's way too on the nose for John Favreau to bring Iron Man into Star Wars. Now, that's me being the nerd that I am. Guys, what did you think when you first saw them? Dustin, Justin go on.
2: For me, I've seen, I mean, in the video games where they get introduced and stuff like that, there's phases of them and stuff, yes. and they're they're and through comics they've been depicted in different ways, and there's different, you know, different troop types, just like stormtroopers to a degree. There's so many varied looks of it. So while it's not quite like any one particular, I feel like overall it does look like the droid based uh, phase that they did have for them, and they just they look so menacing and so dangerous, just. In the you know short period of time, and much to what you said, like I thought maybe they after the second ship landed and they came out, and it was more stormtroopers. I thought they're saving them until the next episode. You know, and to a degree, we got to see them, but we didn't really see them do much. I mean, yeah, that suborbital drop is pretty cool. They shoot straight out of the out of the uh, you know the ship and land on the ground just fine, and then blast off back up, but. We didn't really get to see them in combat. We really didn't get to see what they're capable of. So I think there's a lot left to see there. And I think they look cool.
1: Dave?
2: They did look cool.
1: Um, and I guess, I guess this isn't the EU. So they're, they're, they're doing it in their own version. of it, it doesn't have to be the way it was in the EU. But what I, I something I think I pointed out to the pair of you on our chats they were their heads were much more angular um like with the the the, the, the triangular vent on the front and what have you it, more Vader. Whereas it was yeah it was it was more Vaderish with the, the the angles um whereas what we'd seen in the eu previously was that they had softer features if that makes sense for something that's made of plastic and metal um they were more rounded they were more like stormtroopers um so uh, yeah there was a little bit of a surprise when you saw them because you had the close up of their faces as they were hurtling down and i was surprised at how angular their, their heads were um i was at, yeah i i think that was because i i was i had an, uh, an impression already in my own use the term head cannon, of what they looked like in the face um so so yeah it was it was a bit of a surprise when we saw them um but they were cool. <laughs> they were good. They were good. And I do really like the fact that Lucasfilm as a whole seems now to be tapping into the EU a lot more heavily than, than they had done previously. Mm. Um, and so far, it for me, it's working. They're using positive things that we've seen elsewhere. Um, and I think that may be something that, not necessarily uh, John Favreau, but something that Dave Filoni has been good with, with the likes of bringing back Thrawn when he did. Um, and and him and John Favreau together, I, I think they're doing a great job of this.
0: Yeah, and, you know, as long as they don't go down the route of, bringing in some really of the random stuff that we got in the EU like you know and we'll get to the, the whole thing about Grogu on the on the seeing stone but you know if if, if Luke's clone twin Luke turns yeah. up you know we're in all sorts of trouble you know let's let's just get that out of the way um, but yeah of course we see you know the dark troopers land to your point Justin quite dramatically mm. they take the child but before we continue that let's talk about Grogu on the seeing stone so when back at the beginning of the episode, they land Mandalorian sticks Grogu on the seeing stone. And was like, do you think,
1: <laughs> you know, do you see
0: anything? Um, it, it, it kind of felt like he was doing a magic trick. It's like, I, I can see everything, you know, and obviously it doesn't, doesn't initially happen. Um, which there's, there's like a level of frustration, isn't there? In the way the Mando is kind of talking. Um, and then all of a sudden he spins around and Grogu is encompassed in a false field um of some description which is clearly a connection with the false. now i just want to take a step back from this because one thing that i watched it not the first time i didn't think about it the second time i watched it it reminded me of and i apologize for this dave straight away the last jedi when luke is with ray in act two when Luke is telling Rey to try to sense the Force when she's sitting down on the rock. Luke grabs Rey's hand to touch the rock to say, feel it. And it's as if Grogu does exactly the same thing, but with the seeing stone. The Force kind of feel doesn't start until he puts his hand on the seeing stone. Now, when I didn't think about it first time around, second time around, I thought, the thing that I then thought, I wonder if that's a way to communicate between seeing stones and is the one on up to another seeing stone? Cause that's mm. where Luke then sits at the end of the last Jedi, when he's doing his false projection yeah. to oh. then project himself to crate. Mm. So there's me in my, again, my head cannon is though, are there multiple seeing stones that Jedi can sit on to dare I say, communicate?
1: What do you think? That's
0: possible. Is it a good possible or a bad
1: possible? It's a possible that <laughs> doesn't do any harm. Mm. I, my my takeaway from that scene was the fact that Grogu was in the lotus position.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> that. His, that so <laughs> <cute. He's> all, <laughs> his little fingers, his little hands <laughs> in the om <laughs> looked so cute. <laughs> my wife said something interesting to me because you know, she was, like, as they were flying and she goes, who decides where they put these these temples? And I thought that was funny as a person who, for her, she's seen some of it, right, but she's not as enthralled in it as we are. So I, I kind of explained to her that, you know, temples are kind of chosen because of their their pinnacleness to, like, the Force and being, like, almost as if they're, like, a position in the galaxy where the Force is strongest there. And, like, something like this very much seems like that, right? You get there, and then it's it's inert to the most part and i thought it was interesting not only that like he kind of put his hand on it but i also felt it was interesting that as soon as he was sitting there that the butterfly was kind of drawn to him like the living uh, force you know in yeah. a way uh, it, honest, so. <laughs> so um you know I, I i think that's a very interesting sort of like mirror mirror on the wall way to to communicate across the galaxy
0: i mean we know that Star Wars kind of has this theme, doesn't it, of kind of rotating ideas and secular and poetic and this, that and the other. And so uh, just second time, like I said, second time, I was like, oh, that that could be quite interesting. And the butterflies was another interesting thing for me, because in a recent Marvel comic, um, there's a scene where Anakin is meditating as Vader and he's surrounded by butterflies. Mm. Um, it's in one of the I can't remember the, the the number of the comic or whatever, but it's in the re- one of the recent Marvel Darth Vader runs. Um, he's not in his armor, kind of all flesh, and he gets disrupted, and all the butterflies then fly away. But again, it's uh, the butterfly seems to be that representation of the false in that particular mm-hmm. way, which I think again I thought I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and just while we're on the topic of that Seeing Stone, do we think he got seen? As it were. What do we think, Dave? Do you think the message has been received loud and clear? Do we think that a Jedi might appear? Or do we think it's just a a red herring?
1: I I don't know. Because he's no longer there. And and the rest of them are no longer there, neither. So he could have sent that message out to... He could have been picked up by a dozen Jedi who've managed to survive the Purge. But the chance of them getting there before um, the Mandalorian then leaves with Boba Fett, there's, there's nothing then to say where they go from there.
2: Well, and even had he not been taken but from the Empire, how would he communicate it?
1: That's, that's what I mean. He's, he, if any Jedi's respond... There's nothing there to say who was there or what where they've gone. It's not like they've left a post-it note and said, "If I'm not here, I'll be there. Just come far find me."
0: I I I. Again, this is me going off on one here, but I think previously, and it was said that Ahsoka said this that he shut himself off from the Force. Yes. So he couldn't be sensed he was protecting himself but as soon as he sat on the seeing stone as soon as he connected with it to unleash that, that force field I think he's opened himself up to the force again Yes. and okay. we know the impact of being connected to the force look at when Alderaan got destroyed the way Obi-Wan sat down when okay. Yoda went in, in Attack of the Clo. sorry uh, Revenge of the Sith when order 66 kicked in Yoda felt it when some of the other Jedi got got killed maybe i don't know grogu putting himself out there into the false universe he's trying to establish a connection and therefore can be sensed by other jedi on see. starship who knows what do we think
2: That's i nice. don't know because like i get it that like yes he's now been sensed by them but like i feel like the the, the seeing stone acts as like a tuning fork i feel like it amplifies that signal so maybe if they get closer, maybe that signal's still strong. But I don't. I mean, if you're in the core of the galaxy and they're in the outer rim, by the time you make that journey, I mean, like much to Dave's point, you didn't leave a note saying I'm on my way here. Come find me. So it's it'll be interesting to see if somehow. And they they flirted with this throughout in different uh, media throughout Star Wars, where much like you said, like and Darth Vader says it in the very in A New Hope. I sense a presence I have not sensed since yeah. I was in the presence yeah. of my master. So we know to a degree that people vibrate at a certain frequency that other Jedi can somewhat sense. So yeah. maybe it is as easy as you know I just started following it through the galaxy. I mean, mm, it's maybe possible.
0: Suck like a phone signal. You're trying to lift your phone up to try and get a really good signal somewhere. It's like <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find the Force. You know,
1: who knows? But
0: it's it's going to be interesting, definitely where they go because we know. And we're getting to that now. How the episode ends, where well, so those... Bef-
1: before we do, um, just something that heart back to the last episode with Ahsoka, something that Justin and myself both discussed on our podcast about the fact that Mandalorian leaves his ship open wherever he goes. Yes,
0: yeah, another example of him. But however, conveniently, it allowed that, him exactly, to get off.
1: It just it, Again, it just goes back to the there were too many contrivances like that. <laughs> he just conveniently left his ship open with no form of security switched on. He landed on an alien planet where he doesn't know anybody. His immediate reaction when he's seen Boba Fett's ship landing is, that's a threat.
2: And yet he's not bothered to lock his ship up or even shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's much less of a problem now. Yeah, I <laughs> going back even further to our comment like once boba fett shot i did like the immediacy of they shot down the ships of the of escaping stormtroopers and then like immediately you see this blazer blast come in from the suborbit that just decimated the razor crest it was like oh you think that's cute i'll destroy your toy <laughs> <laughs> yes true true yeah that i mean saying
0: that star wars is full of Full of uh, conveniences when you think about it. You know, R2D2 went for a wander. If he hadn't gone for a wander, Luke wouldn't have gone after him. He wouldn't have been found by Obi Wan. And then, you know, Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen would have been burnt as long as Luke would have been done. And R2D2 and 3PO would have been back in the Empire. So, <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but that, mm, that, that wasn't the same type of convenience for me because that was the fact that R2 saw himself as having a, a mission. And so the moment it was dark, he tried to fulfill his mission and disappeared. Uh, yeah, for me, that wasn't a plot contrivance. That was the plot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. Fair. Yeah, very fair. But yeah, you know, I agree with Dave. I think, you know, and I think as I think it's a little unfair to compare things back to A New Hope simply because A New Hope was written with no backing, right? Like, when you write something for the first time, you get to make it up. And then it's then it becomes challenging. then you know after you've built this continuity then it becomes challenging to continue it on and to meet all those needs and to always be in sync i mean you can look at any work of fiction and pick it apart if you really really wanted to
0: and who better to pick up our star wars than star wars fans right
2: right we're apparently some of the meanest
0: (laughs) yes we are no i can definitely agree with that no yeah i mean this episode i mean I mean, let's be honest, The Mandalorian has got a lot of conveniences in quite a few of the episodes, don't they, really? Let's be honest. Um, And to your point, Justin, you could really go to town picking apart a lot of story, and some people clearly do. They they write blogs and do videos on YouTube about it. Hell, we're doing an hour and a half podcast about it, let's be honest. So um, I just think, yeah, although I think, to your point, Dave, the excitement and the action of, of what we get sometimes can overshadow the plot holes, but some of them in this particular episode, you're a bit like, oh, come on, man, let's get yeah. real.
1: I, I, I think that's what it was. I think it was a good episode in what we did see. But the the, the I'm using the term contrivances because that's what they felt like. The mm. plot contrivances were too big and too gaping. It was, it was you saw the Mandalorian put his jetpack down. It was such an obvious yeah. reason because there was no reason for it until the reason occurred that he needed to get quickly somewhere else. So, so it was just it just felt wrong to have done it like that. And then you, you saw Boba Fett just turn around. Mm. Oh, the ship's there. The ramp's down. What a surprise! Do you do you think this is
0: gonna? This is me being a bit cheeky. Do you think they knew this was always gonna happen because? When the ship was unlocked, I didn't think, oh, it's convenient, it's unlocked. I just thought, oh, he's done it again. So they've kind of foreshadowed the, the, the Razor Crest being open because he's done it in every single episode before yes. us. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if they knew what was going to happen. They needed a way in for Boba Fett to steal the armor. All right, let's just put it in there that he leaves it open every so often in all the other episodes. Or when That's it happens, really it's not necessarily a big deal. Uh, yeah. Well, Or am I just looking for an excuse?
2: I also don't think you can steal your own property.
0: Fair. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Well, that goes against the legal definition of stealing, so yes, you are right. (laughs) On, On the back
1: of that, which I thought was quite good, was something that years and years ago, Dave Filoni had specifically said that Django Fett was not a Mandalorian. Correct. He was the man that disavowed django fett's allegiance to the mandalorians instead it was a case of no he just happens to have mandalorian armor
0: and we now know he was a foundling which doesn't technically mean a proper mandalorian uh, per se
1: but he is a mandalorian
0: it's going to be interesting how that dynamic works because we've seen mando clash with you know bo Katan in the previous episodes who are new mandalorians for want of a better phrase Indeed. and then we've all We've then also got Boba Fett, who is the child of a foundling who disavowed the Mandalorians, and yet he, Mando, is a, is from Death Watch. Yeah. So we've got three different three perspectives. Different. Yeah. yeah, three different perspectives of the Mandalorian. And I'm uh, we kind of called this a few weeks ago that we think Bocatan katan will come back for maybe the last or the second to last episode, whatever, to try and get the, the Darksaber back, but could you imagine Bo-Katan, Mandalorian, and Boba Fett all in a room having a chat about what's real about Mandalorians? <laughs> you could write a book about it. It's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between the three kind of types of Mandalorians. And let's, let's just assume the armorer comes back as well because we think she will.
2: That's a good point. I'm still firmly in the camp that Bo-K- they've introduced Bo-Katan as a way to give Mando a new Kybern to become a part of after the destruction of his kyber in the, in the first season okay. she basically gave him an open invitation once he was done with his mission she in did. her episode true
1: Such so nice closure. you to have yeah. a
2: mandalorian without the child that is the way <laughs> pardon <Yeah>. my pun <laughs> that's interesting yeah
0: yeah i mean the, the 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 last two episodes have got so much to to kind of answer Saying that, we all know that at the end of every episode we've got more questions than answers anyway. But, <laughs> you know, um, and what happens is obviously at the end of this episode we see Grogu taken by the dark troopers, taken back on board the light the light cruiser, put into a cell. Dare I say it, this is where we see some of the dark side tendencies in him. You <laughs> say? The way he's throwing them troopers around in that cell, willy-nilly. And
1: enjoying it.
0: And then pretty much choking it like Vader used to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And I'm like, wow, this this kid is is a little bit twisted. Um, but did you hear what um, um, Gideon said to him? He was like, let him. Um, said, well, yeah, let him. Yeah, um, so yeah, there was that. But he he hinted quite strongly that he's been in the presence of the child previously. Yes. Because he yes. said, you are stronger than you were previously. Yes. He said you got good at that. But yes. it also makes you yes. very sleepy. Yes. So that implies he's been with him. Because we knew that he'd been taken pre... Well, we, we knew that the, the Mandalorian had provided him to um, Herczor um in the, the first... The client in the first season. Oh, scene.
2: Per- Perishing? Yes, oh, yes.
1: And the, the, the Doctor, doctor, doctor Perishing. Yeah. So, so we knew that they, the Empire had got him. And potentially that's when they'd harvested the blood. But it's possible from that comment by Gideon that they'd had him previously. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have seen him
2: force choking people before. Or maybe he'd seen some recording, Holovid recording of him at some point. But seen him do it in a dark way.
1: Yeah.
2: I thought it was very good that they showed that because I think, you know, much with what, you know, Ahsoka said about him. In the last episode, you know, about yeah. he has darkness yeah. in him. And yeah. I yeah. think, you know, in a lot of the comics and in a lot of the TV shows, the Jedi are just it's so they're so pure and they're so it's, all. True. you're either black or you're white. And it's you're either black or, like or white. It. So it's good to see, you know, and what really makes a good tragedy or a good story and, and, and stakes is to have some sort of uh, stakes, right? Something to lose. Will yeah. he lose that goodness to him and fall to the dark side? Everybody fights it. Through the entirety of their life it's not a i've conquered it and so therefore i'm past it
0: and even even let's go back to the clone wars where we see the the lost missions where yoda fights the dark side of himself when he goes to uh, the presence of the five spiritual Mm -hmm. beings i can't remember what they are um we see the dark side version of yoda effectively so even somebody who is as strong to the light side as you know, formidable as a, as a as a Jedi that he is, he still has dark side tendencies. Let alone a kid equivalent who has been tortured, had mistreatment for years. He's there's going to be resentment and, and anger and fear, and ultimately the dark side. The way things are going,
2: um, I think of the loss he's experienced. I mean, loss has been one of the like is always one of the largest driving things. At least it was for Anakin. Mm.
0: Exactly, and you know, if he was on Coruscant when Order 66 got enabled and he hid, he would have either seen some of it, heard it, experienced it, which is going to be... Mm. Felt it in the force, exactly. And this would have been 20 years ago. Mm. So he would have been a, you know, 30-year-old going through a hell of a lot of Massive loss. Massive Yeah, huge amount
2: of trouble back to that quick my question did you see my comment in our whatsapp group i'm wondering if because of the slow aging process of them i'm wondering if like their mental development is different yeah so like i'm wondering if it like like you know i just said for easy math like let's assume 10 years is one year for him right So every 10 years human he ages essentially what would be one human year so fifty years, twenty five years at end of Re- uh, Revenge of the Sith, he would have been about you know twenty five or two and a half years old, right? Mm. So maybe while he had training, he would have been at the start of being a youngling, mm. training, and so that's why like I think he's not as developed in terms of that. And obviously Yoda could speak, this child doesn't necessarily speak, but they haven't really determined whether that's because we don't know what language he speaks or whether he is choice he can. Ele- yeah. elective mute. Yeah, he obviously I mean, understands BASIC because yes. he knows his name. Yes, yeah? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's very interesting because, like, it's like, and I think you and Elliot said, it, you're like, he had 50 years of training. I'm like, he sort of had 25 years and then 25 years of suppressing it. So yes, that's it's, right. not like, it's not like Ahsoka where she's a full-fledged Jedi. She had training during one of the most brutal, you know, campaigns of war in – galactic history and is now just this lethal weapon you know
0: she she was training on the job let's be honest
2: yeah Mm -hmm. from a from 13 like wasn't she like 13 yeah that's it yeah 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 i mean that's you know and
0: it's it's an interesting one because like when a lot of people talk about the 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 jedi that were actually left after the purge there weren't even though there was a lot of false sensitive beings there weren't any real jedi per se actually apart from yoda and obi-wan because Soka was a Padawan. Um, dare I say, it, Kanan was a Padawan at the time. Yeah. E- Ezra wasn't even born. Yeah. Um, Luke Cal wasn't Kestis. born. Leia Cal was Kestis. a baby. Cal a Padawan. He was a Kestis Padawan. Was a Padawan. Um, you had Quinlan Vos, who's still around. Um, but nevertheless, they were all young, trainee Jedi. Really, they weren't fully fledged. They probably didn't even understand the ways of the Force. In I mean, even Kanan says it himself when he's training Ezra that. You know, I, I I got trained to the age of thirteen, and I've been on the run ever since. Mm. Um, so therefore, there weren't. Yes, many Ahsoka
1: was probably the most powerful of them, and the Correct. most the most highly trained.
0: Exactly, and she was a Padawan herself. Yes. I don't even remember her being bestowed
1: a Jedi she, she was, at any yeah, point. She never. No, she would never. Went, she too. didn't even say.
0: Well, because yeah. there was wasn't there a conversation in the Clone Wars that they said that her trial would have been the war or whatever, but she left before then anyway or something on those lines, because um, obviously they have to go through the trials to become the knights and whatnot. So yeah. it'd be, it would, you know, she's the most advanced and senior, yet she's still a Padawan herself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then more and even more so that, like, by Revenge of the Sith, she's not even a Jedi.
1: Exactly. True.
2: True. So. <laughs> And then of so course, what, what is, she?
1: is she? Is she?
2: Do we say that
1: she's a grey Jedi? Is, no, that, that... is that is that actually a thing, or is that just what people hope for? Because can you be a grey Jedi? Because you're either a Jedi or a Sith. If you're a grey Jedi, and that implies that you're still a Jedi. You're just a grey Jedi. Is is she just neutral? Is she just something in the middle?
2: I would say she's a Force wielder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, when you look at the only other equivalent who are false users that are not Jedi or Sith are the Night Sisters. Yeah, but yeah. their magic their, their their magics is somewhat dark side. It's
2: like a type le- of
0: lending, yeah. leaning as it were. Yeah. Uh, there aren't the Bendu. Any, But the Bendu even says it himself. He is neither light nor dark. Maybe a Ahsoka, yes. maybe Ahsoka's the new Bendu.
1: <laughs> but is the but the Bendu is mentioned in Rise of Skywalker the the planet or moon place that um zori bliss is on um is in the book potentially so if you read really? uh, the rise of skywalker they mentioned that people went to this moon as a place of pilgrimage for the bendu
2: that's interesting i hadn't heard that you need to read the book
1: I
0: need to to dig my book out because, yeah, I don't remember that either. That's interesting. I didn't
2: get – I didn't –
0: Okay.
2: I didn't particularly like Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, so I never did buy the books.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, actually, I lied. I did buy The Last Jedi because I thought – I had heard there was more description in there in terms of motivations and things and a little bit better understanding of the timeline, so I did read that one, but I didn't even bother with The Rise of Skywalker, so I'll have to go back and read that.
1: The the Rise of Skywalker novelization – um, by Carson Ray, it's better than is, the movie. is much better than the film.
2: Okay. I preferred
1: it to the film.
0: Good yeah, there's well. a bit more kind of structure and context to certain yeah. things. And you know, for for the benefit of the listeners, we did a book review of this. Yeah, about a year ago. Uh,
1: so you know, check that. Yeah, out. I think it came out. Uh, I think it came out in hardback in January, February time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, uh, but real quick before we go off this topic, my my response to the is she a Grey Jedi? Is that at the very least, she is the light side of the Force because of the connection with the daughter from um, uh, Mortison. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, if anything, she's got... She leans more that way to me than which Dark. Which
1: fights for justice,
2: doesn't she? Correct. Yeah. She doesn't just let things happen because it's not right. illegal or something. You know what I mean? She definitely is more of a, I'm championing to fight for these people. Yes.
0: Yeah. she's She has a, a good heart with good intentions, which always lends itself to arguably the light side of the Force. So, yeah. but, um, but she's prepared to take action. I think that's why her lightsabers are white. Possibly, yes. As well. Because we know a Jedi kind of chooses the colour, uh, as it were. Now, um,
2: <laughs> now we know that.
0: <laughs> now we know. And then obviously the dark side is, is, is they, they bleed the Kyber crystals to make them red. So we know that and the other thing is that in her novel, she heals a bled crystal, mm-hmm. which why there's white. to make it white. So that's why there's no color. So therefore her, dare I say her inner, inner force, if you want to call it that, um, has made it white to be pure, but obviously not fully light side, but her intentions clearly are. Yeah. And I don't want to use the phrase Grey Jedi because we're going to get a hell of a lot of hate from Alice. I Stone. was going to say, say you're
2: going to make Twitter
1: angry. <laughs> we are going to well, That's, fly, well,
0: that's, that's, that's if, another if, poll we can put on is Ahsoka a Grey Jedi?
1: We, we see, oh. like, okay, for, for me, I don't think there's any such thing, uh, despite the, the, the term Grey Jedi has been used for a long time, it's been around for years. But for me, you can't be a Grey Jedi because to be a Jedi means you follow the Jedi code. Correct. To
0: well, the Grey Jedi's got its own code.
1: Exactly. wait a minute, wait a minute. But before we go there, so if you follow, if you are a Jedi, you follow the Jedi code. Yep. If you are a Sith, you follow the way of the Sith. To have something that's in the middle, but shares the name with something on the good side, that's wrong. You you, you can't you, you 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 can't be a Jedi but grey. You're either a Jedi or not a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. So, you, so the, the, the term Grey Jedi for me has always been a misnomer because you cannot be something that yeah. isn't a Jedi but still classes, still called Jedi. You, you, you sh- For me, the failure there is that it should have its own name. That, I think that's as simple as that. So you've got Jedi on one side, you've got Sith on the other, you have a different name in the middle, not Grey Jedi. Yeah.
0: No, I, I well that's the thing that the other wording was a dark Jedi,
1: because
0: yeah. that's what they used to call. Well, that was what the Sith were called, right? Before that's they what became. the
1: Sith. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then,
0: you know they were dark Jedi, but yeah, yeah. because what they were be following
1: the this, teachings of the way, Jedi, way. and then they yeah. spun out as dark Jedi, and then they decided to call their own cult the Sith.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so so for me, yeah, grey Jedi, it, it can't exist as, as a title. There must be some other name for it, like the Bendu. Just refer to it as neither.
0: Yeah, yeah he even said, "I sit in the middle," didn't he? When yeah. when Kanan actually asked him, "Are you Jedi or Sith?" So he said, "I I sit somewhere in the middle."
1: Yeah, so it's balance. So yeah. ah, ah- ah- Ahsoka, I would say Ahsoka leans towards the Jedi. Yes, in that she is good but she's not necessarily following the Jedi creed.
0: So is that where we think Grogu will end up sitting? Oh,
1: or the
0: other way. <laughs> or after seeing what happened at the end of this, and his, his obsession is probably the wrong word, but when Gideon gets the dark saber out, yes. his eyes go all, a kid in a sweet shop, so, yeah. oh, you can I see want... the eyes getting bigger, kind of. I was was really hoping he wouldn't touch it because I just didn't want to see his fingers getting cut off. Um, (laughs) But I just thought this kid can either go one way or the other. And unless he gets rescued anytime soon, uh, I I really now have no idea where this story is going based on the fact that how it's been positioned. I still think Grogu will end up being dead at some point. I really do. And I'm sorry if that breaks people's hearts. (laughs) But I, I do have a feeling that Grogu will be dead
2: at some point in the show. C- could it be that the Mandalorian has to kill him? That's that's my theory. <laughs> I was going to say, my hot theory is, is that Grogu falls to the dark side and becomes yeah. this menace. And yeah. then as the one who brought him through the universe, he is now feels responsible to then go out and deal with him. Yes. But I mean, even the Mando said in the beginning, he's like, I can't train you. You're too powerful. So I don't know that that really works. But somebody had pointed this out to me that the Mandalorian is a story about a guy who just can't stop making best friends. (laughs) (laughs) And like, if you think about it, he has all the necessary people and friends to fight him. But he doesn't necessarily can't necessarily do it on his own. So my unpopular opinion, he falls to the dark side. And yes, the Mandalorian is the one who has to put him down unpopular opinion i know we can add that to the list of projections
0: and predictions of what's going to happen in this show with ali's list it's getting a little bit short because there's a, a lot of them are being wrong anyway but anyway yeah yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think we've seen a few doors close from from ali's wild theories
0: absolutely absolutely um so that's kind of how the episode ends guys
2: well, we have the one part at the end with Kara dune and i thought that was oh, interesting. Yeah, i forgot about that thank you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. let's know. jump into that let me go back. I guess maybe there is a possibility that there's no Boba Fett next episode. It could be that he got to Navarro and Boba Fett took off. And well, he stayed to talk to Kara so that they could go and find the other guy. Well, Boba did Fett said he was, and he was going to, 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 to find stick around.
0: Yeah, he made that commitment and life out, as you called it earlier on, Dave. Sure, me. but that
2: doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be at the Mando's side. He could go off and do stuff and find more info and come back or relay true, that true, information to true. the Mandalorian.
0: Maybe he could be and uh, make a, a swift appearance in the
2: in the last episode. Who knows? That's yeah, an interesting he did call. Say yeah, the child stuff. would be safe, not Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah.
1: There is that. I'm, I'm I'm surprised Boba didn't, and he might have done. Put a tracking device on the light cruiser. He flew fairly close to it.
2: I did think it was interesting they didn't shoot him out of the sky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because so he did get close to it.
0: He got very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Again, uh, another convenient plot hole. Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess as we do know, though, the I mean, Slave One does have quite a few countermeasures to it. So maybe, it maybe yeah. he Raspberry jammed him. Like, mm.
0: um, interesting. Well, all will be revealed. But yeah, jumping back to the last bit with Kirk Carradun, we know that she's now a was it a marshal? Yeah, she is a marshal.
2: So we were we right have, about the, the we badge. We discussed that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So she's a marshal. It's official. She even made the comment, didn't she? She said, "With these stripes, I can no longer go against yes. the walls or worse to that effect."
1: Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah.
0: Right. And then she t- and then he turned around and said, and he went and got the kid, and then her face just completely
2: changed. Which is then going to happen? That she's going to get involved. Yeah. Now, as soon as he said they got the kid, it was like, oh, well, then all bets are off.
1: We'll break (laughs) you.
0: Do we think,
2: knowing that the Empire has got Grogu,
0: knowing that Kara has now got this official connection to the New Republic, can we envisage more X-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings going after the Empire?
2: No, I don't think I think we get the same two X-wings we've had simply because they are assigned to the outer rim and they've only got two pilots. And they've only yeah. got the two pilots. No, but like I as they said like they're reaching out there to establish themselves out there so yes. maybe there is a possibility there's a garrison somewhere else but I think that they're they're probably concerned with the inner portions and then t- trying to like lightly begin creating authority in the outer rim. So whether or not they're backed up by a whole garrison of, of Republic troops, I don't know. It'd be cool. I definitely would love to see some, some, some more ships and some more space fighting. More space what, what, fighting. what
0: is Star Wars without a space battle, right?
2: Right. Where's the wars if they're not in the stars?
0: <laughs> I, I find that very poetic. <laughs> Outstanding. I think... On that, on that poetic note, um, we've pretty much covered the episode, guys.
2: Yeah, I think so. Jumped around a
0: bit. And, and with that. Well, come on. What, what is an episode of the Jedi Council without it being deviating from any without particular... Without it
2: being stream of conscious.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we've got more contrivances and plot holes in the Mandalorian, clearly. So yes. um, and it was such without... as ex-
2: some exciting, some much exciting stuff, it's hard it... to talk about some <laughs> things without just immediately addressing the elephants in the room.
0: Absolutely. and 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 with that being said, guys, I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts, Dave. Over to you, my man.
1: Overall, a very good movie. A movie, a very good episode. It uh, felt
0: like a movie at times. It, it did.
1: It did. It did. The amount that went on, it was a very good episode. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, it it what well, I, I it was. Just, it was the same as my. I am still of the same opinion as my mini video when I at first watched it. Just wow, from start to finish, wow. It it was. Non stop. Lots of stuff. Lots to see.
2: Overall, a great episode.
0: Mr. Red Eye Jedi.
2: Alright. So for me, I mean for me it's it's great to be a it's great to be a Star Wars fans again. I I have a sense of excitement that kind of was semi sort of ex I, I don't want to say extinguished, but it was definitely lower after the sequel trilogy. And now yeah. I spend my week like researching Star Wars again, looking at things, trying to figure out where they're going to go with it, being excited about what the possibility of the next episode is going to bring. So for yeah. me, it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, and the episode was great in terms of the action and things like that. And and plot holes aside, like I mean, obviously I'm a Star Wars apologist because I'll I can I can, I can apologize for any plot hole. It's you know. If I had to account for all the headcanon of things I've read in Star Wars, nothing would make sense. So, and I've said that before, and I'll say it again. So, for me, wonderful episode. If you haven't watched it and you made it all the way through this, you, maybe you don't need to, but <laughs> I still suggest you should go go watch it. It's. I'm going to watch it probably two, three more times before next Friday just to make sure I've seen everything.
0: Yeah, uh, my final thoughts: You've taken the words right out of my mouth. To be fair, um, it's it's good to be a Star Wars fan again. It's it's weird how we we go through kind of these peaks and troughs. And if dare I say, if we cast our mind back to last year, Mando season one was met with such a praise. Everybody loved it. It seemed to dare I say reunite the fan community based after the the tragedy of the Last Jedi. And we again we won't go into that because we've done that on numerous podcasts. But that, that caused such a division. We then got healed by the Mandalorian, as if like a false healing by Grogu, you know. <laughs> um, then the Rise of Skywalker dropped, and it split again. Whether you like the movie, whether you don't, whatever your feelings are towards it, we, nobody can deny the fact that there was a bit of a gap. But now, season two of The Mandalorian has kind of brought the fans back together again a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, there are people who have got different feelings to different episodes and whatnot but for me my my final thought my final final thought every week i say this this is my favorite episode <laughs> um, <laughs> and i'm gonna say it again and i think the only how the only way this episode could have got any better is if darth maul was in it um but that's because that's because i'm a massive darth maul fan but anyway um
2: but we already know darth maul is dead at this point i mean not as, that we
0: know, we, as we've discussed it doesn't necessarily mean he's dead right <laughs> There's a di- so can you? There's a difference between being being brought back from the dead once. Can you get be brought back from the dead twice?
1: <laughs> can, can you have? Can you have dark side force ghosts? Well, oh.
0: they live in the oh. Sith holocaust, don't they? So, who knows?
2: Dave, good question. I have a question. Is Star Wars better as an episodic TV show? Oh. Oh,
0: I I think that's a discussion point for the wider council when we can all get on a show because that's it tell you what actually that's another poll we can stick out on twitter because that's going to get that's going to open a whole can of worms um so yes brilliant episode really enjoyed it can't wait for the last two two more episodes to go bring it on um i'm actually going to be sad at the end of the last episode of this (laughs) season because like we're gonna have to wait another year for more what's going on (sighs) So yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are. Dave's got his head in his hands. I know exactly how you feel, my
1: man. Um, <laughs> we I hadn't. The... I hadn't realised that. I hadn't thought ahead.
0: Two yes. more
1: episodes. Two more episodes. I might have to. Oh. I'm not
0: doing anything on Christmas Day. I might have to watch the whole episode, the whole season, back to back. Um we are the jedi council thank you very much for taking the time to listen to us for the last hour and a half we've kind of almost on the button hour and a half give or take um, where we've been discussing chapter 14 the tragedy uh, for the mandalorian if you want to hear our back catalog of podcasts find us on the find us on soundcloud uh, but also find us on the ios app spotify amazon anywhere where you can download your podcast we're going to be there if you want to find out more about who we are go to our website it's all the Ws w's.the-jedi-council.com You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore council on Twitter, Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC on Facebook. We are TJC underscore the Jedi underscore council. We aren't on TikTok. We're not on anything else. Snapchat. We ain't, we're not that young. We're old. Forget about those. Uh, (laughs) and get involved find us on youtube you know we've got some videos that are on there currently uh the most recent one is me doing a trainer review of my adidas trainers we do need to get some more content on youtube but we'll get there eventually so guys thank you very much for listening to us we hope you enjoyed the show and remember may the force be with you
1: remember the force will be with you